Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of our podcast, Is Breakfast Included? <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good? That's great. That's really great. <laughs> On today's episode, I sit down or talk to my good friend, Denise Simpson. Now, Denise is a lighting technician and an artist based out of Columbia, South Carolina. We met on a previous gig and became pretty good friends. But what I didn't know until I started talking to her was Denise was kind of born into this industry. She knows a little bit about everything. Her mother was managed the box office at a venue, and she kind of grew up in it and is very knowledgeable in pretty much just about every aspect of 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 the uh, of the live part of this industry. Um, currently, she's working a little bit in audio, but specializes in lighting and has recently become a lighting designer. Um, it was a great conversation, man. Uh, I, I can't say enough about Denise. She's a, she's a great person. She's an amazing artist. And we got to know her a little bit better. And she also told me what she likes for breakfast. Let's check it out. Tell everyone who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Denise Simpson, and I'm a lighting technician and artist, and I live in Columbia, South Carolina. Yay, Denise. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for doing this. Um, man, first things first, uh, how long have you been a lighting designer? Well, I didn't actually become a lighting designer until um, right around like the early 2000s, um, but I've been working in the field since um, October 1997. Wow. And what, what, what got you into this industry? Is this something you grew up with or something that you just found by accident? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I um, grew up with it. Uh, my mother was a box office manager for a major coliseum here in Columbia, South Carolina, and she started her career there in 1985. Um, so around about that time, I was five or six years old and, you know, got to follow her into work and see what she does on that end and and meet all the people that bring shows together in the 80s you know <laughs> which was a little different than it is now but um yeah I quickly saw you know from her aspect like her working with ticketing and promoters and stuff uh the building management people um doing their thing um she brought me in late nights and I got to see the stagehands working all night to like get the show up and running because you know, back then it was a little bit more difficult than it is now. Um, and um, also my uncle was on when, like with the stagehands as well. So I just quickly became, you know, acclimated to like seeing all these people doing all these cool things. And I was like, oh, that seems pretty neat. I want to maybe I'll think about doing that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so from early on, just by growing up with it, watching it being built, mm -hmm. um did you kind of decide then, like, I want to be in this industry? Yeah, um, I actually, you know, when you're a kid, you want to do whatever your parents are doing, right? Or, you know, some kids do. I did. I was like, oh, what she does is very cool. Um, and then later in high school, um, I leaned more towards, like, I got pretty interested in, like, building management stuff um, because that particular facility had a really awesome um, building manager. Um, John Bolin was his name. And he would, 
he not only like managed the facility, but he would come in and help do rigging and stuff. Yeah. So he really set the bar pretty high, you know? So, um, I was in awe of this man. He was just really humble. He was like a hippie from the sixties, you know, and like just, you know, really down to earth. And I was like, I want to be like that, like that kind of person, you know, that contributes in that kind of way where they, um, not only can sit behind a desk and do, you know, you know, stuff to make paperwork and logistics happen, but like they're willing to get in there and get their hands dirty. And, you know, they have no like ego about it. You know, I was like, that's what I want to do. Um, yeah. The whole attitude of, of not asking something of someone that you wouldn't do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess that's how I pretty much grew into, um, like how I carry myself today is, you know, um, during that time period, there was a lot more people that were just right in there and trying to get their hands on. And like, you know, it wasn't like this big, like ego party, you know, it was just get it done, you know, and it was get it done with pride. And people were like, you know, just kicking ass. Um, and so I really admired that. And so I carry that with me today. Like I just do whatever I have to do to make the show happen and make it happen well and make the audience have a great experience also, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's funny. You use that term ego party. Um, yeah. A few weeks ago, I interviewed a good friend of mine, Vince Foster, who's this kind of legendary uh, lighting designer and his attitude from the, is the furthest thing from that. Right. Like, he helps push cases. He helps build, you know, yeah. I've never seen him not working and never seen him uh, with the white gloves, so to speak, yeah. you know. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be doing something. I want to contribute. I want to help. I want to be sure it all goes in and it goes in well um, and not just point and tell people um, necessarily what to do. Yeah. Um, I think it I think it just helps make everything um, flow better. Um, just to contribute. Yeah. So once you started in this, did you immediately gravitate towards uh, the lighting rig or as they say, become a lampy? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I had no idea. Um, Although I saw all of these, you know, different departments, I began pushing cases in another major coliseum in North Charleston, South Carolina for um, a pretty large load and it was uh brooks and dunn and reba mcintyre it was 17 truck show Mm -hmm. so right out the gate i was like all right (laughs) you know like pushing cases help and i actually helped in audio that day um and it just felt good you know like it didn't matter where i was at as long as i was a part of this right um but later when i took a job in a facility in newbury south carolina I had a um, really helpful coworker uh, named Johnny Marlowe, and he um, he could see potential in me, and he could see that I was kind of artistic, and he really kind of like drew me into lighting. Okay. So he sat down with me, and he's like, "This is what you know gels do, and these are you know this is how we're going to focus, and this is how we're going to cue, and um, the importance of you know theatrical." lighting and so he's really like the first first person that helped me you know like open my eyes to um lighting so yeah 
That's funny that you started it. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't that are doing this now don't remember a time when you had to climb a ladder and change the jails and adjust the cans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely started in a conventional house. Um, we had a ETC Express 250. Um, and everything was manual focus in gel. <laughs> and, you know, I think that I think it really helped me because it made me think outside the box. It made me say, um, I have these lights. What am I going to do with these lights? How am I going to hang these lights? Mm -hmm. What can I do to make it better? I don't have to leave this the same every time. You know, I can, I can do what I want. You know, it was just really, you know, cool. Now you said ETC Express 250. I have no clue what that is. (laughs) It's a lighting console. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a, it's an older one. It came out in the nineties. But, you know, hopefully the lighting people listening will go, wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, yeah, that was my first console. Um, and I just graduated from there. <laughs> so. Right on. So uh, you started out as stagehand. You know, I, I started out as a stagehand as well, pushing okay. cases, helping backline, setting up audio, that kind of stuff. Um, and then you kind of gravitated towards lighting. But you said something yeah. earlier. You kind of decided you just wanted to be around it. I know right. that feeling. Yeah. I know that. I I I ended up a guitar tech, but I just wanted to be around it. A lot of people right. don't know that feeling, man. That's right. Or um, appreciate it. Is Right. When it's going well, isn't that energy just, it's just addictive, right? Yeah. When everybody's on it and they're all hyped about it and it just... You know, you knock it out of the park. It's just really like a really fantastic feeling. Yeah. And even when it's not going well, if you have the right crew, everybody sure. bands together and yeah. there's there's no like, oh, better him than me uh, yeah, attitude. Right. Like everybody yeah. kind of comes yeah. together and makes it better, you know? Yeah, that can be very rewarding as well. Yeah. So yeah. what's the, uh, what was your first like big show that you ran lights for? Oh my goodness. Well, wow. <laughs> That's a hard question to answer. The at the Newbury Opera House where I worked, it was very unique. It was a very it's a very small house. It only has 400 seats. Front of house is only 60 feet away, but we had all of these in my opinion really high-end artists, you know. I'm 19 and I'm working with Don McLean, the Beach Boys, you know, BJ Thomas, Lou Rawls, Crystal Gale, you know, Roy Clark. And to me, that's a big deal. Um, so I would say any one of those people that I, you know, flashed a light for was like, <laughs> um, but outside of that, um, I mean, I've run lights for five presidents if you call it running lights, you really uh, turn them on for something like that. Um, I have um, recently operated lights for Cypress Hill, big boy. These are one-offs of course. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Vanessa Williams, Diana Ross. um, So many people, you know, because I've been doing this for almost 20 years, but um, yeah, you know, sometimes even the smallest acts are, are just like almost as impactful as the bigger acts for me. Um, so I'm going to ask a question and I normally don't get political. 
And yeah, this yeah. is not really political. You you mentioned you ran lights for you know you you did the lighting rig for five different presidents. Yeah. Um, do you ever let your personal political opinions get in a way? Like, do you ever say like, I can't do that gig. Like this guy's <laughs> ass hat. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I I yeah. do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and there are times when I'm standing there going, this is all wrong. Um. So, but the only thing that I hope for is quite literally, and this may sound weird, hopefully somebody can embrace it, but I may bring light to an injustice and they speak via, you know, through the camera and, and, and so I'm illuminating their mistake or whatever. Okay. You know, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I may be help if you want to look at it that way, helping for people to understand that this idea may not be right. Okay. Um, um, by not refusing to do it. Um, but I, in my, in my heart, yes, there's sometimes I'm standing there going, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. I get it. I get yeah. it. It's very admirable for you. Yeah. That, I have, you know. um, like in a religious standpoint, I've turned religious gigs down because of stuff like that. Like I was like, I don't know if I can take money from, you know, the house of worship or whatever. Um, so <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so, I totally yeah, get yeah. it. I, I, there are some things, you know, if I can control it, um, I, I will absolutely stand my ground. But then, if I can't control it as much as I would like to, I try to, I try to hope that what I am doing helps bring the truth out. Yeah. Bring kind of awareness <laughs> to it. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, th thanks for answering that. I've never asked a political question on this podcast, yeah. so you're, you're the first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, you've also done some road work as well. Yes. You've actually toured uh, as an LD. What's the difference between having a house gig or doing one-offs to being on the road? Is it easier on the road or is it? Well, um, luckily, um the one and only time I've ever toured, which is where I've met you. Yay. <laughs> um, it, it, it was a fantastic gig and I, um, was a lighting crew chief for that. And it was just, and perhaps you can vouch for this. It was just, you know, it's almost an ideal situation in my opinion. Um, well taken care of. Everybody was nice. Um, I know you can't I, ask for a better crew. You really can't. <laughs> like the crew that like, we worked with, like you couldn't right. ask for a more, uh, more synergy on stage. That's right. Um, I would, I would stand off stage, and I actually told you know our artist this. I was like, man, I can't help but cry. <laughs> you know, watching your show from the side because of how they mean it. They go out there and they mean it, and they interact with each other, and there is no front. They are almost off stage who they are on stage and they they bring their emotion and that really, you know, catches me in the feels. So um, it was important for me to see that I was not a fan until after I experienced that. But um, getting back to uh, the technical aspect, because of that, that was a plus and it made the experience even better. But um, working you know, with Mikey and for Pulse and stuff um, during that time, it was really a well put together lighting team. So um, it just worked, you know, so. 
And but do you prefer sleeping in your own bed and just putting in the long hours uh, locally and doing one-offs or festivals or just what they call the concert season? Um, you know, when I left, I went through a lot of emotions because I didn't, I still don't know if I'll ever be able to do it again. Um, but I, I loved that and I love, and I also enjoy this because it's my, you know, my personal, you know, space, but, um, it's hard to give up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, 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 really hard. Um, but, um, so I didn't necessarily mind being away in, in that aspect. You know, of course I did miss my home life and stuff, but it wasn't as bad as, you know, I know some people go through a lot. I have a really supportive partner. So every day he was like, you're going to kick ass. Everything's going to be awesome. We're going to do whatever we have to do. And ultimately it came down to me going, um, you know, I have to decide what I want to do. Um, but being here isn't necessarily easy either. You know, it's like, you know, this for that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pros and cons on both hands, right? For sure, yeah, and I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I've always I I like I said I started out as stagehand. I did a lot of local stuff, and yeah. then I was kind of thrown into touring, and yeah. I adapted to it almost immediately. So when the time came a few years ago, when everything shut down, it was hard for me. Do you ever think you will tour again if that opportunity comes around? Yeah, I get. <laughs> I've had a lot of offers, and I get asked, and um. You know, I just, for the time being, I'm, you know, putting it on the side. But I think if I had a camp like I was in, mm -hmm. which was an, you know, an idyllic situation, um, I think, yeah, for sure. Um, that would be awesome. You know, I, like I said, I think the hardest thing that I dealt with was just saying goodbye to you guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't handle it well, but um but that was, you know, that was um happy happy sad energy, you know, yeah, like yeah. because it just it just meant that you all were just really wonderful to work with and you made every day, you know, very like I can do this, you know, like we're going to do this and we're going to kick ass all the way around. Everybody's yeah, going to yeah. have fun and the show's going to be badass and we're going to fucking rock this and then go in the bus. <laughs> yeah. It was a, like I always so. say, like I, I, you know, I've, I've recently been in touch with uh, folks from that crew and it's a completely different crew. Now there's very few people okay. that are there that were there when we were, but yeah. at that time I, I say this and I'll stand by it. That was the perfect crew that we had yeah. we all got yeah. along uh there was no you know petty shit on that that's bus right. that's right yeah it was great yeah <laughs> well yeah. um so you you came up from the uh what was the what was the lighting desk the console you told me uh, the etc express 250 yeah and so how did you is is it something i asked vince the same thing like coming from that the primitive gear to mm -hmm. what everyone's using, the moving lights and, and so forth, and the digital desk. Right. Was that a learning curve for you, or did, did it just kind of come to you? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, I think the important thing to remember is, you know, I'm sure this works in your role too, is that everything is ever evolving. So if as a technician, you're not keeping up, you're going to get left behind. Um, so naturally, of course, I wasn't keeping up. And so when it came time for me to um, have to utilize another desk, it was like, you know, climbing this mountain of like, goodness gracious, I wonder if I'm going to be able to get this. And I got it, you know, and um, we got it going. Um, but, you know, it's so important to just keep on it, right? To just keep your knowledge up and, you know, have a good idea of what's next and what's coming up and um, staying connected and networking with people who can help you learn faster. <laughs> so, yeah. I agree. Like in, 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 in our in my world like it's always evolving and it's it's yeah. evolving so fast that i just get frustrated and go i'm just going to wait till analog comes back right. <laughs> and sometimes, then i can turn knobs again <laughs> that's right sometimes i'm like yeah i want to do that and then i'm like that's really hard to do too <laughs> as as far as lighting is concerned i don't want to go back to double hung trust but <laughs> um but we can <laughs> you love what you do right i do i do and it doesn't particularly matter if i'm doing lights i work for a company right now where most of the time i am not touching a light <laughs> you know i'm helping in audio and i'm helping in video and doing doing staging you know and, and I'm getting ready to do something where I've, you know, made a few set panels. Right. So I just like being involved in production um, and doing it well. So. Right on. Yeah. Um, whenever you are working in the lighting area, because that's your, that's your specialty, yes. right? That's your background. Yeah. Um, and you work with like big bands that are coming through and you're working with these designers that have been touring for years. Do the, do you ever pick their brains or do you ever like absorb what they're doing? Yeah. Um, I'll sit there a lot of times and, you know, watch their show with them and, um, see what they're doing throughout the day. I try to be super helpful so that, you know, the more involved I am directly, um, I'm actually learning. Right. So, um, like, for example, you know, the recommendation I just sent you was uh, Paul Dexter, who's the LD for. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, like, I spent um, time with Paul um, and I was doing everything from, you know, patching a few little things here and there to, you know, being sure he was taken care of um, while he was programming throughout the day. But during the evening, I sat there and watched him run his show and I took pictures and some video um because that stuff is important to me and um come to find out earlier in the day you know i mentioned um you know what i like to do and what i was interested in and him and um chris mcguire who also helps um he's a stage manager but he does lighting for other bands um they came out there and they gave me some tips and tricks and you know, they were doing everything like they were like, you want us to go up on stage and we can call a focus for, you know, like trying to because it was really bright sunlight. But I mean, these guys don't have to do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were just being kind. Um, and I, you know, from the bottom of my heart, appreciated it. But um, yeah, I'll sit with people like them. Um, it's a 
it's an honor to have someone like that, you know, just try to give me advice. Uh, Mikey sits with me and helps me get through um, some stuff and like figure out programming things. And, you know, he's teaching me a few other little um, things about um, working with uh, capture and stuff. Uh, I've sat with Libby Gray, who's the LD for um, sticks and mm-hmm. watched her run her show and give her spotlight cues. She's amazing. I've sat with Bud Rock, who is the LD for uh, Willie Nelson and had a really good day with him. <laughs> you know, Steve Owens from the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Um, amazing guy. Just, and they're all just really sweet, really helpful. They'll give you, you know, little tips and tricks and stuff. And it's a great feeling when someone like that wants to, you know, um, just help you out. Right? Yeah. Take the time and give you, yeah. I, I, yeah. Cause they can just be, you know, but they're not, they're yeah. just, they're humble and they're sweet and they just rock. <laughs> so. Yeah. I ran into the same thing when I started. I, I was fortunate enough to come across a bunch of guitar techs who had a resume that was amazing. And, you know, they, they were kind enough to give me their time mm-hmm. and tips and secrets, you know, yeah. because, yeah. uh, not everyone's like that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Some people just, you know, they're like, anyways. <laughs> yeah. But. So, um, being a woman in this industry, yep. in a position like a lighting designer, do you ever catch any resistance or do you ever, is it always been, ex- have you always been accepted? You know, it's a, it's an odd question, but you know, it's a question yeah, that needs no, to be asked. Um, I think it's, getting better progressively you know like just um when i first started of course i was like 19 and 120 pounds so um it just people treated me differently because of how i looked um and then when you get older you realize you're like um that's not always a good thing right um people need to respect you for your abilities and your capabilities um so I began to notice it more. Um, but I do, I do think in time it's getting a little bit better. Um, I've met some resistance. Sometimes I'm kind of like, you know, I ignore it. There are other times where I've worked it. I'm like, you know, somebody will try to take something out of my hand and I'm like, great. If you want to pick that up, <laughs> but I have no problem picking it up. Right. Yeah. So, um, I just, you know, I try to work around it. The older I get, I'm, I probably carry myself better and, you know, <laughs> just get quieter about it and let the person, you know, uh, embarrass themselves <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't get very easily offended. I, I've heard some crazy stuff and, um, had some weird stuff said to me and I just, you know, let it go. So <laughs> right on, right on. Well, are there any uh plans that you have for yourself? Like where do you see yourself in this industry? Do you see yourself remaining a lighting designer, maybe pursuing production managing a venue or something like that? Yeah, I think I'm pretty happy um doing um the little bit and I was super happy doing the um lighting crew chief stuff. Um, 
So I like doing those things. I um, also like contributing to um, just putting sets and stuff together. So, um, you know, maybe I'll lean more towards uh, a little more design work than I'm doing right now. Um, I I have a production coming up next week that I'm looking forward to. It's it's, um, pretty local, just a a presidential gala um, for a university that we do every year. And I've come up with a few little scenic concepts and we do the lighting for these seniors and they present a show for um, the president of um, university. (laughs) And being an artist, does that come into play with when you do stuff like that, do work like that? Absolutely. Because, you know, I'm looking at my lighting like um, in a way that um, the same way I look at my canvas, right? Um, I want it to um, move people and affect them. I want them to be able to see, you know, the depth and the color that I'm trying to convey, right? Um, So I really, I do try um, to um, get my artistic point across, whether it's with a paintbrush or with a light. Um, I just, you know, I'm a really... uh, try to make my stuff impactful and colorful and stuff so right on yeah denise thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me today thank you for talking to me (laughs) i have one more question for you uh the podcast is called is breakfast included and if it was what would you have for breakfast what would i have i would have scrambled eggs with cheese toast and a half a waffle and coffee. <laughs> Just a half a waffle? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like to share, so I'll share with whoever um, I'm around. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks yeah. so much, and uh, good luck in everything you do. Thank you, Bernie. Uh-huh. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. You have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, right on, Denise Simpson, lighting designer extraordinaire. The next time you go to a show, pay attention to the lights because it's it's not so easy as just pushing buttons and making them come off and on. There's a lot of work into that. And sometimes, like at festivals, they get there the night before and start programming this shit. And it's really cool to to watch it all come together. Well, all right, guys, I am done. Have a great day, and I will talk to you next week. <laughs>